the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk A service of the Salem Media. Versions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. What's the root of stealing? What's the real problem? The real root sin of stealing is selfishness. It's all centered around the desire to have and to possess something without putting out effort. Stealing is basically taking something or using something that doesn't belong to you, it belongs to someone else. And when you do that, you are only hurting them and thinking only of self, and that's the real problem. Selfishness and hurting others. The real sin of stealing is not just selfishness, so that is primary. It is that of wanting something for nothing. And the Bible speaks about work. The the Bible speaks that we are to work hard. And we are not to be like, uh, like the sluggard. We are to be industrious like the ants. is such an interesting topic. I think if we were asked, most of us would say we don't steal. However, Pastor Steve is going to lay out some challenging scenarios today. We are going to have to take a hard look at our hearts and be honest with ourselves as we go through today's verse-by-verse program. After all, we will be listening to God's Word. We feature the teaching of Pastor Steve Kreloff, who is the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If, for some reason, you are unable to listen to the entirety of today's program, you can head over to www.versebyverseradio.org and then click on the Archives tab and catch what you missed. But for now, let's dive into today's program, shall we? Here is Pastor Steve. You know how much hotels and motels lose? Each year they lose about $500 million a year in silverware and towels and soaps and things of that nature. What one New York City hotel, or actually one year, uh, all the combined New York City hotels actually lost over 4,000 Bibles. I mean, Bibles were just stolen from New York City hotels. Actually, 4,600 Bibles were stolen from rooms in New York City hotels. You know how much the average library loses? 200 to 500 books are stolen. I take it that means every year. 200 to 500 books are stolen, and they lose about $25 million a year. That's rather obvious, but what about the, the other things that aren't so obvious? Tax evasions. Maybe you just don't declare certain things on your taxes. How about custom dodging, which is robbing the government? You say, but the government isn't fair. That's not the issue. Do you think when Paul said to these slaves, stop stealing, that uh, he he said, well, look, 
I know that the, your masters are not fair to you, so you have every right to steal from them. No, the point is, it's not whether your master is fair or not. The point is, you are to behave like the new man and stop stealing. How about employers who oppress their workers? Maybe you're an employer and you're not fair with your workers. You say you're going to do one thing for them and you don't. How about employees who give poor service or shorter hours than they're being paid for? That's very prevalent and Christians need to be careful about that. Christians need to be careful about witnessing on the job when it's their employer's time. Now, I know we want to witness, but witness off the job, not on your employer's time unless you are in a, in a Christian employment and that's what you are hired to be involved in. How about not paying your debts, borrowing money and not paying it? How about falsifying expense accounts for you businessmen and businesswomen who might falsify accounts, just kind of add to it? How about not making note of a clerk's error? They hand you back too much money and you take it. How about cheating on your insurance claims? That's, that's all stealing. There's one I thought that was very pertinent for Christians. Let me read it to you rather than try to explain it. This was an article found in Christianity Today about copying copyrighted material. Here's what it said. A Christian composer was pleased during his visit to a church in another city when the choir sang a song he had written. But his pleasure turned to mixed feelings of outrage and gloom when he discovered that only the organist had a published copy. The others all had photocopies produced by a machine on the premises. For every music publication sold, approximately 75 to 100 illegal copies are made either for personal group use or for bootleg sales, claims Peter Clatter, Jr., president of Zondervan Publishing Firm in Grand Rapids. That is, that is a real sin that Christians have. You cannot copyright material in the sense of, of not paying for a book. If you're going to copy something, and this is the law of the land, if you're going to copy something, if by your copying you will restrict the sale of material, then it's wrong. It's, it's just wrong. And choirs have been known to do that, buy one or two books, and then everybody copies it. That's really stealing. You say, but that's not fair. Why should they do this to us? The issue is not whether it's fair or not. The issue is that's the law, and it's really stealing. Now, the message that Paul is saying is every and any kind of stealing has to stop. In fact, if a person continues to steal after knowing the truth... If he continues to steal as a pattern lifestyle and there's no remorse and there's no struggle with it and there's no feelings of, of, uh, of, of trying to have victory over this and the Bible says he's not even a Christian. Did you know that? I'd like you to turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Now we're not talking about a person who struggles. We're not talking about someone who has a weakness in an area. We're talking about someone who has this as their lifestyle. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 and 10. Or do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers shall inherit the kingdom of God. A thief is one who practices that as his lifestyle and doesn't want to change. Not talking about someone who struggles. If you fall occasionally with stealing... That's not what this is referring to. But if a person continued that after knowing the truth and had no remorse over it, no repentance whatsoever, then the Bible says they're not even Christians. Because you can't continue to steal and not be convicted of it and not uh, feel bad about it and say that you're a Christian. So we're not to steal. But why? Why aren't we to steal? 
What's the root of stealing? What's the real problem? The real root sin of stealing is selfishness. It's all centered around the desire to have and to possess something without putting out effort. Stealing is basically taking something or using something that doesn't belong to you, it belongs to someone else. And when you do that, you are only hurting them and thinking only of self, and that's the real problem. Selfishness and hurting others. The real sin of stealing is not just selfishness, so that is primary. It is that of wanting something for nothing. And the Bible speaks about work. The the Bible speaks that we are to work hard. And we are not to be like uh, like the sluggard. We are to be industrious like the ants. We are to work hard. We are to put out maximum effort. We are, we are not to get something for nothing unless it's a gift. That's why Proverbs speaks against get-rich-quick schemes. Do you realize that? Proverbs speaks against that because behind get-rich-quick schemes is the idea of getting something and not working for it. And God's plan is that we work for things unless it's a gift. And then it's just a gracious extension of God's character and nature. So the real sin of stealing is that it has a complete lack of respect for others and their possessions. It only thinks of self, and in the process of stealing, it hurts others. It has no regard for the other person. It doesn't care what the other person possesses. It craves to take that from him. It's the attitude, the philosophy of me. No one else really matters. It's every man for himself, and I come first. So what's the solution to it? Instead of taking from others without working, the apostle says we're to work hard in order to give to others. Let's look at the rest of verse 28. And and this is what's revolutionary, and I'll explain it in a moment. So let him who steals just stop stealing, but rather let him labor, performing with his own hands what's good, in order that he may have something to share with him who has need. You know, the new man labors. He works hard. In fact, the Greek word for labor means to work to the point of fatigue putting out maximum effort. It's tiresome labor. The new man doesn't just work, he works hard. Why? Now, if I didn't read this and someone asked me about this, you know what I'd say? Why? Just just my natural inclination, inclination would be that we're to work hard so uh, we would be able to support ourselves so that we wouldn't be tempted to steal. That's what would make sense to me. But that's not what Paul says. That's not why we're to work hard. This is what's revolutionary about it. He says that the new man works hard, why? In order to earn enough to share with someone who has need. Now that's incredible. That is just incredible. You see, the old man steals to hurt people. The new man works to help people. The new man doesn't work just to help himself. He works with others in mind. Paul isn't just saying earn an honest living. You know why? Because... Even an honest living could be motivated by selfishness. In fact, your average decent, hard-working uh, person, Christian and, and unsaved alike, the average decent person earns a living to take care of himself. And Paul says, no, that's just selfishness. And maybe you didn't realize that. That's just selfishness if it doesn't go beyond you. We're to be different. Our motivation for work isn't to get more for ourselves. It's to get more to give to others. That'll blow your mind. That's incredible. That's so different. That isn't just... The Old Testament said, thou shalt not steal, and you're to labor and work hard. It did say you're to give to the poor, but it never never brought the two things, two truths together. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but you need to consider, and I need to consider, why we want more money. You ever think about that? 
Next time you think about asking for a raise or hoping you'll get a raise, you need to examine your motivation. Because the Word of God says that our motivation in getting a raise and getting more money is not so that we could just hoard all these things and buy things and raise our standard of living. Our, the true biblical motivation ought to be we should want more money, yes, to support ourselves, but we should want more money so we have more money to give away. More money so that we can help those who have needs. Usually we want more money to raise our standard of living, to uh, get some material goods, and, and really it's all centered around self. And we're not saying that you shouldn't buy anything, and we're not saying that uh, you shouldn't consider having your standard of living being raised, but the primary motivation in working hard is to get to give. The motive behind stealing is getting. The motive behind working ought to be giving. You see, we're to be different from the world. The world works to get ahead. We work so that others might get ahead. This says something to us. It says that we need to be sensitive to the physical needs of one another. Do you realize that? Sometimes I fear that that we get caught up in, in paying so much. I'm not talking just about Lakeside, but the 20th century church in, in general. We get so much, so caught up in paying for buildings and programs and equipment and material that we have poor people in our midst and we forget about them. And part of our giving is to be for the poor. We are to be sensitive, and I'm not saying necessarily through our offering, but we are to be sensitive to those who are needy in our congregation. And I would go a step further. We're to be sensitive even to the unsaved who are needy. You go through the Old Testament, even the New Testament, and you'll see that Jesus was very concerned about poor people. In fact, just an indication of that today, when we studied, I, I didn't mention it about Judas, why did the disciples think when Judas went out, and Jesus said, whatever you do, do quickly, that Judas was going to give to the poor? Because obviously that was what the Lord had done many times, given to the poor. Jesus spoke about that. Remember when the rich young ruler came to him? He said, You've done well, but sell all that you have, and then what? Give to the poor. And I don't think he was just saying, give to the saved. Whoever has need, although the Apostle Paul says our priority is to do good first to the household of God, but to do, do good unto all men, but especially the household of God. We are to be sensitive to the physical needs of one another. That is not the social gospel. That is not abandoning the faith. That is just being sensitive to the needs of those around us. You see, the early church did that. That was the pattern of the early church. They didn't have buildings to pay for. They didn't have huge staffs to take on, although they did uh, remunerate their, their elders, especially them who worked hard at uh, preaching and teaching. 1 Timothy 5.18 says that. And Paul said that you are to uh, give to those who, who are involved in the ministry in a diligent laborious way. But let's turn to Acts chapter 2. Let's turn to a few of these places and we'll see that, that the call in our lives, if we're to be like the early church in, in this sense, we're not to be like the early church in everything, but in their righteousness we are, we need to be giving to those who have need. Acts chapter 2, verse 45. Let's look at verse 44. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. Now this is not communism. Communism forces everyone to have things in common. Christianity says, what's, what's mine is yours. I voluntarily give it to you. This is not communism. It's all voluntary. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Now, I don't think the principle here is that you are to go out and sell everything you have. 
This is not repeated in the word of God. I think the principle here is that these people were so in love with one another that they were concerned about those who were in their midst who had needs. There was a sensitivity to poor folks. Then let's turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 34 and 35. For there was not a needy person among them. For all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet and they would be distributed to each as they had need. Then let's turn over to Acts chapter 6, verse 1. We usually think of Acts chapter 6 about uh, how the deacons were first chosen and the apostles said we must minister in the word and prayer and so forth, but look at verse 1 of chapter 6. Now at this time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews, that is the Greek-speaking Jews, against the native Hebrews, that is, the, the, the Jewish or Hebrew-speaking Jews. <coughs> Why? Because their widows were being overlooked in a daily serving of food. Now, why were they serving food? Because they had poor people in their midst and they wanted to minister. You see, it's very natural. That, that's what we're to do. We're to take care of our own. Another passage, Romans chapter 15. Let's look at one of Paul's letters. Romans chapter 15. Verse 25 and 26. Paul writes, But now I'm going to Jerusalem serving the saints. They're very poor saints in Jerusalem. Very poor. For Macedonia and Achaia, he means the churches there, have been pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the saints in Jerusalem. There was the Apostle Paul. Yes, traveling around the world to proclaim the gospel, but also ministering physically. You can very well say that the Lord loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life if you're not willing to minister physically. You can very well say, as James says, we're not to, we're not to say when we see the, the poor and the naked and the hungry and say, the Lord bless you, my, my friend, take care. Now, granted, our priority is not to take care of poor people, but part of our responsibility is that especially those in our midst who are poor. Our priority is to proclaim the gospel, evangelize, disciple. But there are many poor and needy Christians who need our help and we're to be sensitive to them. That's the way Paul was. Paul didn't just say these things. He didn't just teach them. I want you to see a tremendous verse. Acts chapter 20. Paul lived it. Acts chapter 20, verse 33 through 35. Paul says, I have coveted no one's silver or gold or clothes. I haven't come coveting your things. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to my own needs. There's honest work. And to the men who were with me. Now look at that. Not only did Paul use his hands and he was a tent maker. Not only did Paul work hard to support himself. But he said, and to the men who were with me. Do you realize what Paul is saying? I supported those who were with me. I supported those who were with me. Look at verse 35. In everything I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's where he said it. Now we don't have a record of this in the Gospels, but God revealed to Paul that Jesus said that. And the context is this. Work hard so that you can give to others. Paul said, that's what I did. I'm the pattern. I'm the example I showed you that by working hard in this manner, you might help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. To give is better and to receive. Now, Jesus didn't only say this. 
Jesus didn't only expound this truth, he also lived it. What about Philippians chapter 2? Mr. Robertson, Irvin Robertson spoke on this last week. Philippians chapter 2. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. And do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. He who was rich became poor. Why? That we who are poor might be made rich. Second Corinthians 9.8. You see, not only did Jesus not steal, not only didn't Jesus steal what didn't belong to him, but he gave away what did belong to him. He who was rich, this is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul says, he who was rich became poor, that you who are poor might be made rich in him. That's the way we're to be. We're to give away, just give it away, what we have. We are to be sensitive to others. We're not to steal. We're not to hoard what we have. We are to work hard. And when you get more money, the motivation should be, not what can I do for myself with this money, but who is there in the congregation and outside of the congregation who needs it? Who can I give this to? You don't want to go blowing your own trumpet, be like the Pharisees and giving it away, but we ought to be giving things away. Not necessarily just money, but things you have. Just give it away. Are you sensitive to those around you? There are people right here who need what you have, who need what I have. That's the way we're to be. This is just revolutionary. So the message is this. Stop stealing in any, in any way. Work hard. Do an honest day's work so that you can, yes, support your own family. Yes, take care of your needs. But also work hard so that you might get more money to give to others who are not as fortunate as you. Let's bow for prayer. I don't know what this says to you, but it, it says a lot to me. It says that we're to be unique. We're to be different. We're not to try to see how wealthy we can become and all the new things we can, we can purchase and buy and all the banks we can put our money in. And there are people who open up new accounts all the time and are so careful about their money and hoard it and send it off to places even like Switzerland and, and all these things. It, it says to me that God's people are to be different. We're to look out for others. This is so different from the world. Maybe God has spoken to your heart. Maybe you know some folks that you need to just minister to physically. You need to, to reach out. It isn't how much you give. It's the motivation behind it. The new man gives because the new man is like the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ gave. He just sacrificed for the needs of others. And that's what we're to do. Would you ask the Lord to make you sensitive to those around you? Would you ask the Lord to, to help you to work hard so that you might have more money to give? To give to those who, who need what you have? Would you ask the Lord to help you in a very concrete way to express the love of Christ? For truly that is an expression of Christ's love. He gave everything for us. Surely we can give some things for others. That's righteousness. That's holiness and truth. And that's the new man. Father, I pray that you'll help us to remember the words of verse 28, to not go from here and dismiss this as just another message. But I pray you'll help us to take heed to this, Lord, to be sensitive to those around us, to give financially where we can. We realize that we can't always do that. But I pray that you'll help us to approach our work differently from this point on, 
to think differently about money, to see money as not a, a thing to get for ourselves, but a thing to get so that we might give to others. Lord, burn the message home in our heart that we might demonstrate to a lost world and even to, a, to save folks that the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ is so different from the world. We are different. Help us to behave different. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciated Pastor Steve's challenge for us to be sensitive and see who God has put in our path. Perhaps it's someone who needs the gospel, or perhaps it's someone who has a need we can help meet. Either way, it is important for us to go through our day with God's perspective. I also appreciated Pastor Steve's statement, it isn't how much you give, it's the motivation behind it. When we started this series, The Walk of the New Man, I had no idea we would cover all of these immensely practical topics. I'm happy to say we're not done with this series. We have much more to learn about how we should, as Pastor Steve said, flow through life. Please plan to join us next time for Verse by Verse and encourage a friend to tune in as well. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.